All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, here we go. Final episode of Hawkeye Season 1, Episode 6. So this is Christmas. Um, I thought I, I might end up doing a short intro to this one. Um, so if you want to go right to the commentary, um, jump to around nine minutes, nine and a half minutes, I believe, uh, is where the official countdown begins. Um, and uh, we got this great, great episode. We got the Kingpin back. We got more great Yelena. Um, uh, but more so, we really get the full-on uh, um, Clint Barton, Kate Bishop, relationship uh, blooming and blossoming um, as we hoped and as we wanted and we were mostly getting already but it was nice to see and uh, I was certainly uh, both laughing and uh, in tears uh, or at least tearing up at points so again jump to around uh, nine and a half ten minutes uh, to get into the countdown otherwise a little bit of an intro about the series itself and I might do an outro afterwards or I might do this a separate file um, so without further ado um, the nine minute bizzle intro and the countdown into Hawkeye season one episode six in Joy, and here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, we did it. We made it. Episode six of season one, Hawkeye on Disney Plus, courtesy of Marvel Studios, the grand finale. In my book, this does not disappoint whatsoever. I may talk about this a little bit more as it goes on, but the fact that the ending, as much of the series, plot wise, somewhat predictable, um, uh, and uh, also uh, really emphasizes the family friendliness of a show with lots of bows and arrows and shooting, but not a lot of blood or people dying, even more than most of Marvel stuff, is kind of exactly what I wanted. I know We know that Kate Bishop is going to get involved in high-level, dark, uh, scary Avenger stuff, um, maybe sooner rather than later, rumored to be in the Ant-Man set, rumored to be Captain America 4 set, whatever the Avengers movie is, she will be there, um, and uh, they have to step it up from Thanos, and as I, it's obvious that, you know, maybe sooner, maybe later, one of those uh, scary obstacles will be the Scarlet Witch herself, uh, perhaps after they become friends, perhaps not. Um, and uh, we keep hearing Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, which has Wanda, is quote-unquote scary, um, at least for a Marvel movie. Um, but for this first series, based in New York, around Christmas, with Pizza Dog and Renner, who's a family man, and the family story on her end as well, um, as I posted online um, after this episode, and then I'll count you in, um, and I absolutely love this episode. Obviously, bringing back the Kingpin, not only bringing back Kingpin, but having him be full D- uh, D'Onofrio, Wilson Fisk looking. Um, immediately making him angry, but showing how powerful he is. All his tentacles are in the city, but goddamn, getting Kate Bishop to fight the Kingpin in the final episode is, is actually the one thing I never would have predicted, uh, and is absolutely glorious. Um, but having the nerds come in, uh, the LARPers, uh, to be the security force and help evacuate people and so forth is really great. And then, of course, um, you know, but for me, the scene I could watch over and over again is when they're making all the trick arrows and doing the MacGyver stuff, as my dad calls it. Um, shout out, Papa Bizzle, uh, to make make a bunch of more trick arrows and he gives the are you ready speech and her um uh sort of very measured very um adult um and very mature response to the are you ready speech um is something that sounds like it totally could come out of Steve Rogers' mouth and able to uh, sell humility, um, teamwork, uh, and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to help other people and so forth. Could be so cheesy. Uh, But the fact that they gave that speech to Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop and the fact that she nailed it is just more proof that she's for sure got to be the one to replace Chris Evans as Captain America because she can deliver those lines. um, And really already after this first series, she's got a moral center plus the skills um, you know, you got to have some skills to be the leader of the Avengers, but you're not going to be Hulk or um, or Thor or so forth. So now she's 
got the skills and she's learning leadership. Obviously, Anthony Mackie as new Captain America will be Captain America for a while, but he's not young. And with the new young female Avengers, well, new young new young Avengers in general, but specifically the female Avengers, I can't possibly see a scenario that Haley is not the leader or at least one of the co-leaders, um, Kate Bishop that is, uh, within a couple of years um, at most. And she really proves it in this episode. Um, and we also get another great Renner performance that's so subtle uh, that wasn't even necessary, but the looks on his face that change, not just that she's saying that she's ready, um, but how she says it um, and how much he's learned to care for her. And he even admits you know, later how, how much she's changed him in a way that really, uh, other than his family and, and Linda Cardellini as his wife, which has a great twist at the end with her that we'll get to, um, Lara Barton, uh, really since Black Widow is, you know, he needed to be brought back again. Um, it wasn't as bad as when he was at the Ronin. Half the world was disappeared and he was killing a bunch of people. Um, uh, but uh, he still had to be brought back in his humanity uh, one more time. And Kate Bishop was the perfect person to do it. He finally realizes it. And now they are for sure best friends slash partners, which is great. So, okay, I'll get you into the countdown. Um, and uh, we're going to have a great one with this final episode. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, I've rewatched it once. Uh, I do apologize for this coming out a little late. Um, but uh, I, I moved houses and moving gear. Um, and I also wanted to take a little bit of a breather to digest this, watch it at least once or once and a half more times, one and a half more times, um, and really deliver. So we'll see if that happens. Depending on how much I get in, I might do a little bit of an outro, or maybe we'll do a Bizzlecast quickie um, as a separate outro. But this has been a blast. I loved this series. Oh, and as I was saying earlier, when I posted immediately on Twitter was most people liked the finale. Some people were complaining like, oh, not enough Kingpin. You know, they wanted more of the characters other than Hawkeye and Kate, which the series is about, which annoys me. Um, but most people liked it. And what I wrote was, you know, this was a case where they gave us exactly what we wanted for those of us who love Haley Steinfeld in particular, and have been rooting for this for two years since the rumors started and following her career, that this sort of uh, earnest, um, you know, almost feels like the first Avenger, the first cat movie, earnest, uh, somewhat family-oriented, um, certainly not being heavy PG-13, uh, focused on relationships as opposed to the plot. This was exactly what many of us wanted, and so the brilliance of it was actually giving us what we wanted. You know, some Sometimes we want them to give us something we didn't know, like with Rogue One, as I always compare stuff to, uh, you know, we thought we knew everything with the Death Star plans, but there were so many surprises, character, and even plot-wise, um, as, as it went along, um, and that was a case where they gave us even more and even cooler stuff than, than we thought we wanted or, or were expecting, um, and here they give us exactly what I wanted and was expecting. There's a lot of cool little things, um, and uh, I, I will mention that in the last podcast, I predicted exactly what was actually going with Eleanor Bishop. A few podcasts ago, I said Eleanor was the bad guy and Jack was just, a, a, you know, a, a red herring to throw us off or whatever. Um, but in the last episode, it occurred to me that Eleanor was doing exactly what everyone who's under the kingpin's thumb uh, does, um, what they do under his thumb. Um, and I love that it starts with her immediately threatening him. And you know what the kingpin's response to people who threaten him are. Um, and uh, that drives the whole thing. And she even gives the speech that I predicted. Oh, this was for the family. I did everything for you. 
you, but again, straightest line between two points for stuff like this. They gave us what we wanted, they gave me what I wanted, and I was very much laughing and crying um, as I watched it very, very late night. Uh, this was the one I stayed up until 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to watch, I think. Um, and immediately watch some of it again before falling to sleep, uh, falling asleep finally. So okay, enough. Shut up, Bizzle. Here we go, and let us get us uh, get us into the countdown. So put your D. Uh, well, no, it's all on Disney Plus. Uh, your uh, Hawkeye season one, episode six on Disney Plus. Uh, so this is Christmas? Uh, question mark. Um, to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. Um, I'm going to. Uh, uh, I'm going to count us from three to two to one. Say go. Uh, when I say go, you should hit play. I'm going to do a 10 count um, to make sure we are uh, aligned um, to, uh, at this so at the 10 second mark. Um, we'll both be at the 10 second mark, um, getting the recap and then into the episode. Some more Yelena, which is great. We're getting the Kingpin, which has been rumored forever, but we are getting. And while it was quick, we know even though they fake that he's done at the end of this, we're going to get more. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. So anyways, that's pretty much it. Uh, put on some subtitles uh, if you get um, if you want um, and leave the sound balance to you um, but nice have subtitles on uh, to um, whatever your, your volume mix is here um, and while it's listed at an hour and one minute there's a million credits as usual and then there's the, the somewhat controversial post credit scene of the full on finale performance of, of Rogers the musical which I loved uh, it's so cheesy but it's really clever and I liked that they after you know teasing the Kingpin coming back, teasing Maya as Echo series. You know, they're, they're, they're introducing so many things going forward in a six-episode series, which is already short, which really need to do a lot of character stuff with our main characters as well. Um, uh, and so I like that they actually didn't use the end credits to do yet another Marvel tease of Thanos or Julia Louis-Dreyfus or whatever and just gave us something fun and funny because it really, that's what the series is about, was being fun and funny. And the fact that the last few episodes got to be much deeper and more, um, not more character-oriented, but deeper on the characters. Uh, uh, especially with Elena and Maya um, in particular. Um, didn't take me by surprise, but I was really happy to see. I was able to do that and still maintain a sense of fun. So again, I'm going to count from three to two to one. Say go. You're going to hit go. I'm, uh, hit play. I'm going to count to ten, and we're going to enjoy this great, great episode together. Season one, episode six, so this is Christmas. I'm really shutting up now. All right, guys. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're all ready. Three, two, one, and go. One, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, here we go. Oh, there's Linda Cardellini. Yes. Got a good amount of Laura Barton in this. Thank God. Here's the previously on. Here's Jack. So what's interesting is this... Um, I've, other shows do this when there's a lot of plot they can't fit in the episodes, is they show you stuff uh, that didn't make the cut to explain... Uh, things um, from the episode more quickly than what did make the cut. And there's actually a number of, um, there's a little behind the scenes stuff, there's actually a little bit of, um, I, I should say, there are a number of uh, lines um, that are delivered by our main characters here, and we can see clearly the scenes that were from um, and were cut, um, but that are used as uh, previously on material. Um, that might confuse some people. Um, may, uh, they must think that it helps explain things more quickly um, in the long dialogue that make up, you know, those uh, those scenes. All right, here we go. There's there's Eleanor with ink pen. So you know, I mean. Anyways, who cares? It's still along previously on, which you need for the final episode. 
Um, so here's like one last time for Hawkeye, the great Marvel Studios credits and music. Um, so, okay. So uh, Vincent D'Onofrio did a good enough job to not get in trouble. <laughs> um, but it was pretty clear that in some way Kingpin was going to be coming back, especially as the rumors of Daredevil, um, and then the confirmation that Matt Murdock was going to be in Spider-Man around the same time, um, that we're reintroducing at least those, the Daredevil side of things, uh, into this MCU. Um, uh, and... You know, then it was strongly, uh, strongly heavily, and it was heavily rumored that it was for sure going to be Hawkeye, which would make sense because it's the NYC show, um, uh, and uh, he's heavily connected to Echo uh, in the comics, which is being spun off from this and, and all sorts of stuff. So it wasn't a huge surprise uh, to see um, uh, D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk be revealed at the end of the last episode, and of course, you know, it's never enough time with him when you only have one episode, but we know he's going to be here in the future. On the one hand, it annoyed me, the fans who were like, the last episode was okay, but would have been much better with more Kingpin, because this isn't the Kingpin series, guys, it's the Hawkeye series. Uh, but I can understand where they're coming from, because we really, really love a Kingpin. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure my father, <laughs> Papa Bizzle, shout out, is not the only one who loved Daredevil almost... Um, well, he loved Elodie Young uh, and Bernthal um, as Elektra and Punisher in season two of Daredevil. But in general, the thing that had my dad really liking or loving Daredevil through three seasons was this guy right here, um, who you know is slightly not reimagined, but we have to assume hasn't gone to jail twice already and been blown up as a big sort of evil celebrity that he becomes in Daredevil. Um, although it's possible he's able to reset his life and his place in the city during the snap, because let's be honest, as bad as this guy is, and he has so many foot soldiers in this, it's almost comical, um, as Eleanor threatens him. Uh, uh, Ill-advised, not only that she's threatening him, but how she threatens him. Don't be rash, right? Um, though it's possible that during the snap, as bad as Kingpin is, and after the snap, cleaning up the mess from Thanos, uh, that someone like King Kingpin you know, wouldn't rate um, on the charts as one of the biggest threats. Obviously, this is, assuming he doesn't die at the end of this, which seems impossible, they'd kill him already, which is why we don't actually see him get shot and killed. Um, and we almost know for certain he's an Echo, um, who supposedly shoots and sh shot and kills him at the end, sorry, I can't speak, supposedly Echo, aka Maya, who shoots him at the end of this episode. Uh, but we almost know for sure that Kingpin is going to be the villain in her own series next year. Um, and here we see the full video, which is great, sent to them by Elena. Um, I assume she's just trying to turn him against Barton um, and also uh, distract Kate and keep Kate out of things because as we'll see, they keep liking each other more and more. Uh, stop making me like you. I can't help it. Oh, God. I mean, if, if people didn't want the Elena-Kate Bishop series before, they certainly want it now. Um, but anyways, whether this is Kingpin from going back to season one of Daredevil, um, where he's sort of behind the scenes and people who are in the know know who he is, but, uh, you know, they don't speak his name and he has tentacles around the city, but, you know, he's able to stay out of prison, blah, blah, blah. Um, or it's in some continuity or full continuity with the Netflix series of Daredevil and everything just got reset because this is five years in the future now after the Thanos snap and the ashification and everyone coming back. Anyways, all of that, it doesn't really matter because we have the Kingpin being played how he's always been played by D'Onofrio where he can go from calm I'm going to, you know, wring your neck and make your life horrible to, you know, shouting and getting physically violent himself. You know, what was interesting was we didn't actually see the Kingpin do a lot of, you know, brutal fighting as big as he is uh, in um, the, uh, um, in the, uh, 
Oh, here she is. Okay, this scene makes almost no sense. Another, another uh, throwing us off thing was that Kazi was looking after her best interests and trying to get her out of a life of crime. But really, Kazi's committed to being the sidekick of Kingpin. She's already wondering why he's here. And, you know, apparently just translating. Um, but her saying, I want to take a few days off, uh, she's already um, internalized. Uh, you know, uh, Hawkeye in the Ronin suit knocks her out, takes his mask off, explains to her that it wasn't him, explains to her that it was Kingpin, she still tries to kill Hawkeye in the moment and is stopped by Kate Bishop, who shoots an arrow, um, who's come out of nowhere um, th- to save uh, Clint Barton's life. Um, but I guess between then and now, she's thought about it and internalized and being super smart, as angry as she is, has realized that it doesn't logically make sense, especially because Kazi keeps you know, manipulating and twisting the truth that she can see or, or just you know, feel in her bones that uh that it was and that it went down how uh the Clint Barton said and that this guy's responsible for doing it for a couple of reasons. One, because of a sick, twisted love for her, had her be a sort of mini super weapon, the way Electra was, um, for the hand and so forth. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out more in Echo. And what I like is while they tease some future stuff, it all fits within the Hawkeye, um, Kate Bishop, New York City, you know, Defenders 2.0 verse. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, this this relationship and scene could, could be seen as totally extraneous um, uh, to uh, these six episodes, that's Hawkeye, uh, you know, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop series. Um, it could be seen as extraneous, um, but uh, the way they do it, and because it's Wilson Fisk coming back, and because this actress is so phenomenal and not getting enough credit, everyone's heaping praise on, on D'Onofrio and, you know, Elena, Florence Pugh as Elena. For me, the, the breakout role, clearly, and she so uh, um, cl- uh, clearly deserves her own show, and they recognize the talent. Up here's the touch. Um, she doesn't like that. Um, you know that you can totally see a show um, or multiple shows, and maybe she even joins the Avenger around Maya, aka Echo here. Um, and so because of these two characters, um, one who's brand new, and Maya, who I love already, and one who we've been waiting for to come back for a while, and we've loved for years, and D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, it doesn't really. Um, uh, it fits in. It fits in um, because there's lots of events going on. And just like we didn't see Eleanor being the one attached to Kingpin, even though we kind of thought or had heard rumors of Kingpin coming back, they're just tying it all together. I don't know. It's just going down smoother than earlier attempts. And like the, uh, here he is, yeah, Goldman Sachs. Here's Kingpin being Wilson's Fisk, where he goes from seemingly calm and under control to, you know, b- betraying him is like the worst possible thing you can do, of course. And it's not clear why. Um, you know, even if she's asking for a few days off, there's a leap of faith here and, and a leap of logic uh, with these two that she's going to turn against them. I guess he just reads. Um, I, I, let's put it this way. Kazi probably off screen told him what happened in that parking lot with the Ronin where he takes off his mask, explains stuff to her because Kazi, even though he got knocked out, appears right after that and it lies uh, or is manipulating Maya. So oh, another subway seat. This is great. Um, uh, uh, and so, um, you know, we're taking a, a leap of faith, uh, sold through performance, um, that Kazi with Wilson Fisk have figured out sort of off screen leading up to that last scene, um, that, you know, her talking about taking time off and seeming a little uncomfortable and sketchy was already, uh, uh, you know, he says she's betrayed us and he's mad because it's Maya, um, and Eleanor just, who he doesn't give two shits about, um, betrayed him. Oh, here we go. Here's building more trick arrows, the MacGyver stuff, as my dad said. This is awesome. Um, and what I like is they do all of this 
process and let her not only use the trick arrows, but help make them uh, pepper spray. Um, and this is all before he gives the are you ready speech. We turn this up a little bit. Um, but uh, anyways, the point being, you just have to buy through performance that they've, just like Maya has put together that uh, Barton was right, uh, that the kingpin um, was the one behind the murder of her dad for God knows what reason. Um, and, uh, you know, and therefore, um, I guess the further leap of faith is that she would then betray them to the cops or something. She gives no sense. Uh, she gives no um, uh, clue that I can tell on multiple watchings uh, that she wants more than to maybe get out of this, uh, maybe just trying to get out of this is seen as betrayal. Um, but there's no threat from her that she's going to go against him. He's immediately paranoid. And, you know, Kazi uh, buying his paranoia with no evidence that she's going to turn him in. Um, and then Kazi going to kill her, who he seems to care about her so much, at the end is totally sold through performance of, of Freyfi um, and the actress who plays uh, uh, Maya. Um, so, uh, you know, all, all of this is, is to say that, you know, so much of the, you know, plot of just the plot itself. All right, here's the speech. So much of the plot itself in this series either doesn't make sense uh, or is just predictable or it just doesn't matter. And I am not only fine with it, I'm sort of glad they did it. And like I said in the intro, has given us what we want or what I wanted, which is to just put it on the shoulders of a few great actors, not just these two, certainly these two, but not just these two, but also Linda Cardellini, um, also uh, uh, Kazi, um, also Maya, and now with Kingpin, um, and, and just, you know, just give them a pretty good script and a, you know, a not particularly relevant or coherent plot, and just put it on their shoulders and let them act their their butts off. Um, and so, you know, once again, I, I can't possibly complain because all the important things from these two relationship, which is fully blossomed now. Renner just killing it with the face stuff as dad. Now we're in full dad daughter mode, <laughs> slash best friends slash partners. Oh, you gotta love it. I mean, to, to give the, uh, when I was young, aliens invaded New York, and actually be serious and not start laughing, even though it's the Avengers verse, it's still on the page is like, you know, laughably corny, but to have him react more and more emotionally behind those eyes and face as she gives the speech, looking right at him, this is the Steve Rogers moment, guys, the fact that, um, even though he's not the one, even though she's not, quote unquote, giving the cap speech here, um, he sort of gave it to her, or they're sort of sharing in a dialogue, which is reminiscent of the, of the moralizing, and uh, I could do this all day, <laughs> a part of Captain America, and I'm doing this to save people, and all that stuff, you know, making humility sexy, as I, as I say, these two have made humility adorable and sexy uh, throughout, just as we had hoped. Uh, but this is the delivery that from her, that both because of her moral center, which she's already found, um, uh, not only despite, but because of her, what's happened with her mom, what's going to happen, um, but the way she can deliver, right, the I'm ready, and, and you know, that, that whole relatively on-the-page corny speech, the way on-the-page the Steve Rogers uh, speech before the, every final battle seems corny, um, but always nails that she has the ability um, and is clearly being set up, in my opinion, as being at least the moral heart of uh, the Avengers going forward, whether she's a field leader or so forth like Cap, I don't know, although it would make sense because a lot of the series is, you know, what was great was they had already set up that she was um, a great uh, uh, um, archer, but also a pretty good hand-to-hand -hand fighter, uh, but they also stressed early on that she was sort of lacking in street smarts, uh, you know, how to escape from being tied up, how to case situations, how to keep secrets, how to not put your name on the door, you know, when you're trying to hide, uh, even dumb stuff like that. 
um, Alacua Cox, excuse me, as uh, Maya Lopez. Uh, we'll get back to her. Um, uh, and so right here, he's teaching her how to case the room. Of course, this is reminiscent of the beginning of Civil War, um, which is great until Elizabeth Olsen saves a lot of people, but then gets blamed for killing people, the Scarlet Witch. One of many things that never adds up in Civil War, which to me is way overrated because it never feels like a war and there's just so many inconsistencies from a logical standpoint. It's great, you know, they stressed early on that the... Um, there's Jack out of jail already with the sword. Amazing. Uh, you know, they stressed early that the, the LARPers were security people. So the fact that we that these guys were able to manipulate having the LARPers be security, um, I guess since they're qualified, uh, you know, and them being bishop securities, it wouldn't be that hard to, to uh, convince Eleanor until um, <laughs> your father bailed me out. Oh, this is great. He's... He, he's totally, they're insulting each other here, him and an eight-year-old, and he has to carry the spoiled brat off later. Um, uh, but anyways, getting the LARPers as the security in this uh, was awesome to have the nerds uh, be involved in the evacuation and some of the punching at the end. Yep, here's here's Kazi. Um, I don't love this. I, I would have liked not only Kazi to live because Freyfi is such a dope actor um, and did a great job in this role, um, but it would really make sense with this character that he would, in the end... Um, like with Bucky in The Winter Soldier, uh, I mean, obviously, Freyfi here, as Kazi isn't mind-wiped, uh, he's sort of um, informally mind-wiped by the, uh, oh, here she is, uh, informally mind-wiped by the uh, the Kingpin, that in the end, he would be, um, he, he would not go through with it and actually stay with Maya and, get, and be on the run and try and get off uh, Wilson Fisk's radar, assuming that he's alive and has a radar. All right, here's Eleanor. Um, and uh, also the fact that her daughter can so immediately put her in her place here after Eleanor's really been using her motherly, uh, you know, wiles to manipulate Kate this whole time. Um, the fact that she's so able to comfortably and quickly put mom into her place to save her life, even before sending her to jail, um, also shows the maturity of, of Kate Bishop. Um, right. He, they don't want to shoot Kate. It's, it, it, it's, you know, Elena doesn't want to kill her. Even Kazi doesn't want to kill her. You know, it, it's important that she's young for a lot of reasons. 22 in the show, 24, 25 in real life. Haley Steinfeld up showing the video. How, how could you mom? Right. I did this for the family. I did this all for you. Is a speech coming up that I sort of thought would happen. But again, guys, straightest, uh, uh, line between two points. I totally believe her, um, you know, that that dad left her in debt. Everything went crazy uh, after 2012, Battle of New York, and then, of course, the snap. I can totally believe that she got caught up in some bad stuff, and I almost feel bad that she has to go to jail um, because, but again, this always happens with the big smart bosses, whether it's this or the wire, is the uh, lieutenants or the, you know, the, the, the soldiers are the ones who get punished for the sins of the, uh, the commanders. Um, and that's indeed what happens with Eleanor here. Um, uh, but anyways, it's somewhat important that, that Kate Bishop is young, um, because, oh, oh, he was also trying to take out Hawkeye, right? Cause Hawkeye knows, you know, that's, you know, this is this is the closing part of uh, why is Wilson Fisk so quick to be like Maya betrayed us? Uh, she must go, even though I love her as a daughter. Thing earlier on is that as long as Hawkeye is alive, you know he's gonna know what the Kingpin's done. He told Maya the truth. He knows the truth, being the Ronin, and so you know the best thing to happen is for him to die, and then all the Ronin sins put on him, as the Kingpin's been trying to do. Which is why even if we don't get another Hawkeye series, there's a lot more to mine in terms of 
you know, what did uh, what did Barton actually do as the Ronin? Maybe he didn't kill as many people as we thought. Um, maybe he got people started to copycat him, like we've seen in Batman and Arrow and so forth on TV and the movies. People started to copycat him. Here's Jack. Okay, Jack, this is it. Yeah, this guy's totally Don Quixote. I can't believe I didn't make the Don Quixote reference with his accent, his Spanish accent, is you know, ch- uh, uh, chasing, um, uh, what's the line? Uh, you know, uh, d- charging at windmills, basically. You know, thinking windmills are, are the evil bad guy uh, and being totally deluded into, uh, into misguided heroism uh, that doesn't exist or they shouldn't be involved with. Um, but he really doesn't want to kill Kate Bishop. He keeps pulling it away when she's there. I'm not really sure why. It, again, it's unclear if there's, uh, like, did Yelena get the footage with the kingpin um, with his permission um, in order to, to, to bring it all around? It seems in this episode, uh, this is great. I mean, this is, you know, again, a lot of people were like Florence Pugh was the highlight, um, and certainly the last two episodes, she gets amazing material, and so I can't argue, but it's always with um, either uh, Kate Bishop or with Barton, and there's no doubt the best scenes, in my opinion, in, in this episode are the, this elevator s- set of scenes, uh, comedically, and then uh, enjoy the party. You know, she goes fighting to get in the elevator. No, Kate's day. That's right. And of course, the dramatic scene, uh, which even my dad had to admit was a tearjerker with, with Barton later. Both of them involved Pew, and I was really hoping that they would have her recognize the truth about Barton and Natasha by the end of the series, because it really would get old with her level of intelligence. It was already hard to buy that she would, uh, that she would buy what Julie Louis was selling, uh, what Val was selling about him. Um, but you could see why being PTSD'd so much. Here she is. She, look, look at Kate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she smiled. Oh God, Haley Steinfeld with you know, there's so many Haley Steinfeld uh, GIF accounts uh, on on Twitter, and you can totally see why. If you watch her, gives her left hand open palm slap to the face. I don't know. She they she feels horrible about it, and Elena's just confused. And this is great because she's not going to beat Elena in a fight. So what if she does? Did you plan that? Yes. The costume? No. I. <laughs> this. Yeah. This is totally awkward. Yeah, she does exactly. She uses her brains. Yeah. Again, it's like Cap jumping out of the. I know this isn't as dramatic uh, as Cap jumping out of the elevator with Hydra chasing him and falling on his shield. But you know, when you can't fight your way out, you got to use your brains and your instincts. And that's the what she did right there was just hit all the elevator buttons, which also is funny because it's so annoying when you know that kid who did it at the hotel and you're at the hotel and you step in the elevator only to see all the buttons pushed and completely ruin your night as you're just trying to get to bed is very reminiscent of that which is great uh what's coming up is awesome the imagine dragons thing before he tries to kill kate bishop the older tracksuit guy thanks her for giving him wife advice and now they're going to see maroon five which you know which is funny in a lot of reasons i was kind of surprised they dissed imagine dragons earlier via Haley steinfeld who's a musician herself i think you know uh, i mean at least uh like the imagine dragon song using the wonder woman trailer in the album at that time i guess four years ago is actually a pretty good album maroon five is so awful uh but that's what makes it funny is she disses uh she disses imagine dragons at least they don't have to go to see imagine dragons and then maroon five is the thing they actually go to uh, i think is a a multi-layered making fun of of pop uh jokes uh but hilly's gotta be careful i mean she didn't write the line this is kate bishop but she's a pop star herself no that no no that's not what i missed the uh i missed the uh 
Stop making me like you. I can't help it. But anyways, it, it, made, it was had to be sold through performance and a little backstory that Yelena would so easily buy um, what Val was selling. Um, and I was really hoping that more than any other twist, who was going to stay bad, I thought Maya would, would um, indeed... Uh, um, realized that she was being that realized that she was being manipulated, leading up to whatever the Echo Show is. Because you know they're not going to have the first deaf superhero. She could be dark like Jessica Jones, and she's clearly traumatized. Um, but you had to have Echo be a street level hero as part of the new Defenders verse, uh, which hopefully brings back JJ um, as well as Daredevil um, into it. I mean, we know Matt Murdock's back in. We'll see. Uh, it seems Kristen Ritter is a fate to complete given her popularity and just skills and desire to do so. Ow. Yeah, that really hurts. I forgot that they had so many scenes together. Kate, all, she, all Kate's doing is trying to stop Yelena this whole time. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, good form. But you did really cool body throw. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Stop making me like you. Sorry, I can't help it. That was really fun. Uh, this is great. You got to have more of these two. They're, they're so they're so perfect together. I mean, just like just like Clinton Natasha. Uh, I mean, that's a high budget scene right there. Her running down the building. Um, and that's why they only did six episodes. It's so expensive to do New York in general. I mean, that's a green screen as she runs down the building from here. Um, oh, she tries to shoot him right through the window. Oh, that's that is cold blooded. Cold blooded. Um, does it again, but it looks really good. I'm watching my MacBook Pro. It looks pretty good overall. And then they, of course, put the uh, the floor spew herself um, down the line on the last few uh, um, uh, stories. Oh God, Kate jumping out of the window again. She jumps through glass. She's jumped between buildings. It's supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be scary, right? Calling back to the I don't need to be scared anymore um, because of Hawkeye jumping out of the building. I mean, the the mirroring's amazing, and that's the thing. The important payoffs pay off like the way she beats kingpin later is by doing a flick of the bottle cap trick that she learns at the christmas party that just seemed like a funny dumb thing that looked really good that looked i mean that actually looked more real maybe because it was filmed from the side and not her running down the building uh but the green screen of uh i guess cg high haley briefly and then to the um the stunt actress who they really threw down those last few stories there um uh, really looked uh, uh, very real and almost Avengers level. I mean, you know, the th one of my criticisms of the MCU, including the Avengers movies, I mean, the Black Panther had some CGI that was really transparent and not particularly attractive, as great as that movie is. The Avengers keep using nameless faceless aliens like the Chitauri or whoever Thanos' aliens are. Oh, here's the thank you speech. I'm still going to kill you. I wanted to thank you. Maroon 5. <laughs> yeah, she's probably just pissed about Maroon 5. Uh, uh oh boom here comes jack i love it yes yeah ever since we realized that jack was actually the good guy or at least just a dummy who got involved she's already apologizing he's smiling because he really likes her he wasn't faking earlier on how much he likes her and he's part part of this is you know for uh, don quixote uh gloriousness in his own brain uh you and me both uh, and he is a great sword fighter so it's you know i mean we already have the sword of the road and the bows and arrows and the larpers and everything and even the, the uh, african-american larper woman uh who i'll find her name online uh later who's totally flirting with him and he's t no idea that this beautiful younger black lady <laughs> is flirting with him uh later uh is you know is impressed by his sword skills it is so great Her name is Adi Timpo uh, Thomas, who plays Wendy. Um, you know, who's one of the main three or four LARPers that are here for the final, the final bit. All right. So first, Kazi has to uh, get through. Um, 
Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye's already turned to Maya and, you know, I mean, quote unquote, has forced Kazi to now kill Maya, who he must have some legitimate feelings for, just like Eleanor must have some legitimate feelings for Jack. Um, I mean, let's put it this way. Kazi would have really liked for Maya to not find out the truth and stay as you know, another um, main soldier with him, uh, with the kingpin. Um, whereas I don't think Eleanor was ever expecting to do anything but pin, uh, pin the tail on the donkey with Jack uh, as soon as it became convenient. Um, let's see. Ad Tempo Thomas, um, one of the LARPers who's great and flirts with Jack later, has actually a uh, good amount of credits. Um, uh, including, oh, she was in all, uh, she was in eight episodes of Black Lightning. Um, that might've been the whole the se uh, series because a lot of people, including my dad, really liked it. Oh, here's the callback to the, to the stuck in the trees. You know, he, he tells her to stay, stay away. This is my problem. Things got very real, very fast, Kate, in episode four, when Elena shows up and he, you know, is mean to her, to Kate to scare her away. The owl, I can't figure out what the owl is. What, what is the owl? I mean, is this a tribute to Star Wars with the Sokotano and the, and the, and the owl? I, I, I can't understand. I haven't really looked up what it is. Um, but the, so we get, we get Kate Bishop at least slowing down Yelena, not stopping her, at least slowing her down using brains and charisma. And then we get the first really um, most impressive bow and arrow bit with her shooting down the tree in terms of how absolutely accurate it has to be for both the arrows and the falling tree to not kill uh, Hawkeye. Um, and also the reversal of, I'm not even going to count to three if you don't, you know, kind of thing. I'm just going to do it. Hawkeye saying, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Of course, she just does it and saves his life. Um, so here's where she is, Adi Tempo. Adi Tempo. Adi Tempo. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Madam, you LARPers are all amazing. Uh, again, the LARPer thing could have seemed making fun of nerds, could have... I mean, they they clearly understand LARPers culture, um, that it's not just a kid's thing, um, like in Role Models, where they also understood LARPing, and that became the key to the movie, was that the LARPers were in some ways more socially adjusted than the uh, quote-unquote regular guys with, uh, with Paul Rudd and, uh, and, and Stifler uh, in that movie. But that also there's an adult dungeon, you know, now the Dungeons and Dragons in particular is a super cool thing to do with the hipsters and, and not just the nerds, uh, you know, even better to do it. Um, um, uh, now, um, I should say it, it's, it's ripe enough it, it, now as it's ever been before and just going to get riper, um, as thing, you know, I mean, you know, with Haley's other big thing this month, voicing one of the leads of, of Arcane, which is a League of Legends property, which is such a nerdy, here she goes, here she's just shooting guys with arrows. We had to get it. We couldn't just have stunning people. Uh, she's trying to kill them, obviously. Another great thing about arrows is, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, here they are in full costume. Uh, yeah. Unclear why they... I think this was mostly just to give them confidence. You, you think they're going to battle, and then they start evacuating. And then they do battle. I think the chubby guy ends up... Is it this chubby guy? or one, I think one of the LARPers ends up being the director of the Rogers musical, which totally also makes sense. You know, nerds being multi-talented, and they're almost like, oh my god, like we're security people. We've never really done this before. Yeah. He belly, belly bumps them. Here's... Here's girls taking the spoiled kid out of the way. Oh, this is great. Clan agent, hang on tight. So anyways, we needed to see some just straight up Kate hitting people with arrows in the legs and the arms. And what's nice is it's, it's you know, it's just less violent than bullets. Also, the cultural problem with guns. You want me to say on my signal? Kate, please don't do anything. All right, I won't say it. Here it comes. I think there's two. Repeat after me. 
I'm not going to do anything incredibly stupid. And this is almost the exact angle that she shoots the bell tower in the very first episode. I mean, again, the, the character mirroring uh, and, and some plot mirroring uh, or imagery. Uh, here it is. There's the, uh, right. It's great, too. It's green. It's, it totally looks like Grinch green, uh, the arrow that, that cuts the tree in half. Um, of course, she gets a little lucky that the big spiky uh, top of the ch- I don't know, I'm Jewish, I don't know what they're called. The thing that sits on the top of, of Christmas trees that the spiky thing doesn't kill him. Uh, I got a little lucky there, but otherwise, it was great. Uh, but anyways, we had to see that Kate was willing to at least shoot people in the legs and the arms and so forth with the arrows just, and not just trick stuff. This was great. You know, what I like is, um, you know, you may think the purple works with him. You may not. I love it. And in the comics, you know, that's what people, one of the things people have been complaining about with, uh, she's on her knees on the ice, baby, shooting. God, Haley's such a badass, totally nails the Kate Bishop, but they still have him be, you know, her mentor through this, even though she's doing a lot of the ass kicking. His important thing is to keep her safe, to eventually reason with Elena. Um, here it is. And he takes it out. Look how happy she is in the music. Oh my God, he wore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing is, if you know Hawkeye, whether you love the costume or not, you knew he had to get in the purple and black. And by having her be in the purple and black the whole series, um, I was already you know hinting that we'd finally get uh, Barton in the purple and black. Um, but, but but the fact that, oh, here it is, gives her all the crazy arrows. No, it's a time. Look how earnest she is. <gasps> She's so excited. It's time. Yeah. She's so pumped. All right, Kate. And, yeah. Okay, all right, Kate. Oh, let's give him hell. Oh, I got, I got, this is, here we go, guys. Here we go. We got it. The two Hawkeyes going at it. It was this Rockefeller Center, whatever they call it with the, oh, man. Boom. Okay. Yeah, this was a nice trick because that's very painful with all those mini spikes hitting them. Oh, the iced leg. Uh, yeah, the, the grappling hook that seems to have a, an AI inside of it. Yep, hitting, just hitting some people with the bows straight up. Some shock arrows, some like you know arrows to the leg to not kill. I mean, this is great because it maintains the somewhat family friendliness. If you really think about what's going on, there's, some of these people could easily die from all the spikes and stuff. Um, but because there's enough shocking and, and non-lethal poisonous gas, this is you know they know how to that jump right there with Haley and the legs around the neck and flipping the guy. Um, look how many people they took down quickly. But it maintains the family friendliness, but even gives us great action. I thought my dad was going to complain about the final episode because he didn't love the series. Um, but not only did my dad end up loving the emotional stakes of it, here we go. This is completely uh, reminiscent of Age of Ultron, the slow motion spinning. But here we have just the, 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 the two Avengers. Yes, she's an Avenger. But with the music that's so reminiscent of the great Brian Tyler soundtrack in Age of Ultron, here's the shot that we saw. Uh, here she shoots the arrow, which tracks. Uh, oh, shoots a giant balloon. It's great. It makes no sense. You know, they only need two or three kinds of trick arrows, but might as well have fun. Um, anyway, the point being was that the fact that the banner they were showing press photos of him in the suit before the series was smart because you could still get a chill-worthy moment. Oh, here comes the Ant-Man bit, and this is for sure teasing that she's going to be an Ant-Man, was that we got a Pym arrow in the episode three on the highway, and here where she just turns him into a truck, and they mention Scott Lang. Now what happens? What happens to them now? I don't know. Great connection. I'll have to ask Scott about this one. What's Scott Lang up to? Oh, here's the owl again. So the owl takes the truck. What is this owl? I have to look this up. And now they're getting up again. 
Uh, and there's yeah, there's the no look shot that you know. What's great is in the, in the first Avengers is you know it's ridiculous, but as soon as he becomes a good guy, uh, Hawkeye maintains his uh, great arrow skills. But every single shot with Hawkeye against the Chitari and so forth are no look shots in the first Avengers, which is great. Here they have a great callback to it. Here goes Kate. They have to separate for different reasons. She has to just trust that he can take these guys out. And she's got to know Yelena is coming. Um, I guess she's going after her mom now before uh, Kingpin. Uh, this is cool. It splits into three arrows. Nails them. That's, a, that's exactly uh, Loki. Yeah, no shit. You know, Loki catches the arrow famously um, with one of Clint's final arrows in, in the Battle of uh, New York. Tom Hiddleston with this hugely cocky look on his face and then it explodes, shooting him to the ground uh, so that the Hulk can come and beat the shit and, you know, grab Loki by the leg and smash, 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 smash. Here we go. Um, and one of the funniest scenes ever with Hulk just smashing Loki. Loki, full body smash. Uh, this is a very well choreographed fight, but the important thing are the emotional stakes. And uh, obviously, she's better. She's got to win because she's better. Um, obviously, this too is mirroring Natasha. Um, you know, when they're trying to out, uh, I'm going to kill myself, uh, one each other. Um, uh, you know, when they're competing to see who's going to die to get the Orange Soul Gem in Avengers Endgame. Uh, you know, as I've talked about quite a bit in a few episodes ago, I knew even without knowing the spoiler that Natasha was going to quote unquote win because she always wins as great of a fighter as he is. Um, and this is mirroring it too that, um, I mean, he's already been attacked a bunch. Uh, and so it's not hard for Elena to sneak up on him, but the fact that Elena could so easily take him down in multiple episodes, um, you know, is an exact mirror of of her talent as compared to Black Widow. Um, Oh, I meant to say earlier, um, I mean, this is such a tear jerking speech. Like I said, I was so glad that they did not, um, I was so glad that they didn't hide, um, I'm sorry, I'm so glad that they did not string out the Yelena being tricked by Julia Louis-Dreyfus about this. It just didn't make sense with her intelligence level, and that when she really looked Clint Barton in the eyes, and he was really like, kill me if you think I'm lying thing, um, you know, she's actually more perceptive of people than we think, and that's another reason for her and Kate to become buddies, is Kate's such a good guy, Kate's trying to convince Yelena the whole time that maybe he makes mistakes, but Clint's a good guy too and would never do that, um, it, it, it's really Kate Bishop setting up to that she would even listen long enough right never supposed to be yours it's my life oh interesting she wasn't actually supposed to see her dad get killed i think that's why kazi wasn't there that night or whatever anyway we're gonna learn a lot more about why her dad was killed at that particular time what the motive was and all of that stuff here we go the trick driver this is a classic kingpin thing oh no they killed the driver all right rip it off uh, here he is himself, right? So it's not until the end of Daredevil three that we really see Wilson Fisk be the you know, I can punch a dinosaur's t- uh, level of strength, the brutality kind of guy. Um, but it's great that we get Kingpin, the mobster. But you can shoot him with arrows, and he's fine. Yeah. What? What the fuck? Right. She just keeps shooting him right in the chest. You know, it's the first time she really tries to maybe kill someone. She's way too close and way too good to not realize that the arrow could kill him. Oh, man. Eleanor, yes. Eleanor partially redeems herself. And the the fact that at the end, uh, you know, Kate Bishop says, I still love you, Mom, uh, and you totally buy it. Um, Okay, so back to Kazi and Maya. 
it's too late. All right, so he's so damaged. This is the daredevil thing. I can never go back. Blah, blah, blah. If you're brave enough to choose it, we can walk together. All right, he was saying that in the last couple episodes, um, but he was trying to manipulate her into not leaving the kingpin's orbit um, or, or being a threat that he would betray them. All right, he says, I can't live in both worlds. And of course, that's what's going to make her such a great character, her own show, Echo. And, you know, what, and this is great too. Um, it's like the Obi Wan Darth Maul fight, which is after all those years, Obi Wan and Darth Maul on Tatooine and, and uh, that great Twin Sons episode of, of Star Wars Rebels. And you wait for this big long battle, like in episode one, the first time Obi Wan faced Darth Maul. Nope, it takes two seconds and like two moves where you barely see anything. And Obi Wan, you know, has taken down Darth Maul with, with major samurai stuff. So when she decides that the only way to protect herself is to take him out, it, it's, it's very quick. Almost that, that that he and now he almost apologizes. Yeah, I mean they wanted to make Kazi both sympathetic, even while doing some red herring stuff with him, um, in order to drive her motivation about how horrible um, the kingpin is. It wasn't just the kingpin was, was lying and manipulating her with dad. Right, she tries all the arrows. Okay, back to this. Okay, guys, I got everything I wanted already before the scene in the series. All the characters I wanted, all the stuff about Natasha, uh, Florence Pugh here, Natasha's sister, um, you know, some of the best Renner we've ever gotten, Haley stepping up her Hollywood uh, chops to, you know, to a whole new level um, and really winning people over um, both by herself and with, you know, these two. Um, I mean, and, and so much more with the side characters and the main characters. And, but this was as emotional as I could have hoped for, and Florence Pugh kills it. Um, uh, uh, but having Haley Steinfeld fight Vincent D'Onofrio, like really brawl with him, and have him just really brutally try and murder this young girl, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, man, like gotten, gotten to, because she's young, you know, Kazi and other bad guys really, are, or Yelena, are, are really trying not to kill her because she just seems like a girl who got caught up in the action, even though she's so much more, and she keeps going after him. She tries to do the legs around the neck kick. He throws her right off. He's getting tired. Uh, um, but gee, he can do this all day, like Calf, which is the final song in the Broadway show. Um, uh, after this, I don't, I don't. Right. She died because you let her. Take out the music. Just focus on their faces and their acting. She was better than me. All right. Yep. You should have fought harder. Yelena's already, you can tell in her face, starting to question, but she still has anger uh, that she needs to, I guess, take out on him. Um, but just like she sums up Kate Bishop as a buddy uh, and not a threat to her so quickly, um, helps now sell that eventually Elena would see the, the, er, the earnest truth that's written all over Hawkeye's face, which is, I did in fact stop, try and stop her. But if you know, uh, here it is, the bottle cap payoff. The bottle cap payoff, yes, with no arrows. She throws a bottle cap at all the, the electric arrows. Boom, this huge explosion. And by the way, the fact that she shoots an arrow in his heart, he doesn't die, that huge explosion doesn't kill him. This is like Ultron. And they keep thinking they brought down Ultron, and then eventually it leads to Quicksilver dying because they have not successfully taken down Ultron until Wanda you know, pulls his heart out or whatever. Uh, but the fact that you know, King keeps getting up from seemingly life-destroying uh, <laughs> uh, events directed at him, mostly by Kate Bishop, which again, I can't believe I got Kate, I got Hilly Steinfeld fighting Vincent D'Onofrio, like really brawling. She tried to, I keep trying to say that the leg move around the neck uh, you know, and then to the ground. Natasha does all the time as Black Widow. And so what's cool is, for a lot of the hand-to-hand -hand stuff, they, they work in um, stun things that they really perfected with uh, Natasha, um, uh, with, with Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, all right, the arrangement, and it's over, killing Armand. Who actually killed Armand is the question. Um, so, you know, uh, 
you know, we get, they've already met, let's put it this way. It was easy to get her in the bow and arrow stuff. I mean, she had to develop great form, which she did, Haley Steinfeld. But they'd already done tons of bow and arrow stuff with Renner and tons of hand-to-hand. I'm a small, a relatively, well, she's much bigger than Scarlett Johansson, but still a slight young woman overall compared to the Kingpin. So we're going to use Black Widow uh, tricks. And this is great. This is great. Right, you think you can live a life without consequences, which is exactly the opposite of what's going on, and exactly the opposite of what the Are You Ready speech was about, was that there are tons of consequences. You're going to get hurt. People around you might get hurt. Um, if you want to be a superhero, and there's a lot you maybe aren't thinking about. Her mom's way off. She's still sad about this, and she still loves her mom. Is this what hero do, heroes do? This is a great line. Arrest their mothers on Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty sad. I'm sorry. All right. This is a Captain America thing. I mean, look at her face. It's so Chris Evans. I love you, Mom. To be able to sell this, you know. I mean, Chris, that's the thing. Is like when Chris Evans and his buddies turn, um, you know, or he has to go against, like, you know, when him and Bucky are fighting against Tony in Civil War, he feels bad about it the whole time. Um, and, you know, that's where the I can do this all day thing came. Uh, there's the whistle. I know we got the... Anyway, the point being, is she's got Steve Rogers written all over her face in her performance, does, does Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. So uh, I'll leave it at that. But her, her being Cap uh, post-Falcon, uh, or post-Sam um, uh, Wilson, it seems fate to complete to me. This is it. It was, was the whistle. Uh, and this is, serves multiple things. One is, that's such a deep secret between sisters that shows... Um, the, the, how close Nat and Clint were, even beyond what what um, what Elena had heard or suspected. I can't remember when the, the whistle happens. I think we hear the whistle between them in Black Widow, right? Um, I gotta rewatch Black Widow. Maybe I'll do a commentary for that after this. I'm very underrated, as all things with Scarlett Johansson are. It was such a fun movie and such a great way to wrap up the Black Widowness of uh, Natasha Romanoff. Um, even while sending Elena to, uh, by the way, uh, you know, it's fewer people than, than I thought. The great, this is just great dramatic performance. She loved you. She always wanted you safe. So, right. So the whistle triggers her emotions, shows how close Barton and Romanoff were. And, you know, after her beatings of him, the last 10 minutes became increasingly just beat downs and not, uh, attempted killings. You got so much time with her, right? Ultimately, she's just jealous that she didn't get to spend it. Yes, I did, but it wasn't enough, is what he's not saying. It shouldn't have gone this way, right? This is like Wanda with losing the vision to Thanos, you know, and losing her brother, losing her family, right? Nothing was going to stop her, Elena. You know, that's right. Yep, yep. And so, uh, anyways, we're getting the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow and Yelena and Kate Bishop as buddies, uh, just like Hawkeye and uh, just like Clint and Natasha are best buddies. Hopefully one of them doesn't die. Um, but uh, I guess I'll modify a little bit in that I could see Elena and Kate be... Uh, God, these two are just killing it. You can enjoy this and shut me up. I could totally see actually Elena be co-leader um, with Kate because, uh, you know, as bad as Thanos was, you know, w- with someone that we like and that they're going to like and think is a good guy and Wanda going bad is actually much more disturbing and you need to have an even colder heart. Like, you don't need to have a cold heart to go after Thanos. Like, they're waiting to punch Thanos or rip him apart as, as the Scarlet Witch does in the final battle. She, she helps him up. It's a handshake, truce, and then walks away. Um, but I could totally see her being not only the field leader while Kate is the moral leader, um, 
but she's also the one who's willing to kill. Um, and so I, I could totally see that final scene where they're forced to front Wanda, who's just gone, and they try and, and Kate tries to reason with Wanda, but it's like Kylo Ren. You think maybe you can talk him down, and you think maybe you can talk Wanda down, but then you see that she's just completely lost uh, to the darkness and that Elena has to be the one to kill her. Um, sort of a Jon Snow with Khaleesi kind of situation. Not here. All right, here we go. Right, he's super damaged. This is great. You know, this is like Ahsoka. So, so I made a couple comparisons to Ahsoka uh, with Kate Bishop, uh, but here's clearly one where, you know, um, while the Ahsoka Vader battle, it's easy to have rebels, some of the greatest television Star Wars ever, doesn't kill Vader. He's so damaged after that. He hadn't been that damaged and gotten his ass beaten so bad by Ahsoka. He hadn't been that damaged uh, since his initial fight uh, that took his arms and legs um, uh, with Obi-Wan in episode three and probably takes him quite a while to heal. Um, and then Ahsoka jumps through the time portal, the world between worlds, whatever. Uh, but, all right, they're not going to show it. But, you know, at, at first you think maybe this is just because it's a kid's thing. They have the music. You hear one gunshot and then someone's falling. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he twists the gun into the ground and we see that scene again uh, from a different perspective. Here's the LARPers. Um, we see that scene uh, it actually starts um, the Echo series and you know he, uh, she shoots him you know, in a place not trying to kill him because she can't do it. She shoots him and he just survives because he's Wilson Fisk. Like, let's put it this way. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if... Um, the reason is that we have Kate Bishop at point-blank range trying to shoot him in the heart after she tried to kill, tried not to kill anybody um, earlier in this episode. Um, just, and all the things he survives uh, in this episode, including the exploding arrows, you know, uh, just like Vader somehow survives getting his ass beaten by Ahsoka, but just barely. Um, uh, it could totally set up um, why he could take a shot to the chest from Maya and still survive that as well, because he's Wilson Fisk. And, and you know, it's great because he is so big. He seems to have superpowers, um, but like with Matt Murdock, his superpowers just in his resilience to, to pain. This is great, too. This is so Avengers, old school Avengers. All right, so this is now him giving the cap speech to her, but making it better in every way. He's completely talking about her. And that Missy boy, she just, yeah, this is great. This is great. This is totally a Tony Stark thing, you know? Tony Stark seeming to get, you know, uh, a teary-eyed and cheesy for a while, uh, you know, only to twist a joke to, to break the tension. I know tonight was a lot. You're doing a kingpin all by yourself. Yeah, exactly. It didn't matter that you didn't win. Not many people walk away something like that. Yeah, that's the most impressive thing she did. The bravery. I'm so proud of you all. This is what's so great. I've been calling for as, for as much family in Linda Cardellini as possible. And now we see her. I mean, very few older men with younger women can pull off this, you know, father-daughter thing uh, when she's slightly too old to be daughter, like with Wanda and him. Uh, but because of the situation and the relationship, here we go. We get it. We get him with Linda Cardellini. This is one of the things that made me most excited was that we actually got to see uh, Linda Cardellini and see that she used to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., which makes so much sense. I can't believe I never considered that, that she was Agent 19 and was a S.H.I.E.L.D. member, which is how they met each other and, and why she's so talented and not just a homemaker or whatever. Um, but the way, the fact that Renner, um, that, that uh, 
that Renner was able to pull off a relationship like this with Wanda, who's so damaged, but when he's around her, he's able to ground her a little bit as a father figure, and hopefully we see more of that. I could see Wanda killing him in a fit of rage and being one of the triggers for her, both her going down a road she'll never come back. I like the, that they wait a couple seconds before Kate. I was talking to my phone or, or my screen when I was watching this. I was like, please be there, Kate. Please be there, Kate. Come on. Come on. She needs a family. Dad's gone. Mom's gone. But you wanted a moment with him. You know, this is a complete bookend to the beginning of Endgame where her family disappears uh, with the snap after the snap to lead that movie off. She's got Pizza Dog. Man, seeing Linda Cardellini hug Kate Bishop coming up and the warmth, it, it's just so great because, you know, Freaks and Geeks, much, you know, which I watched many years ago, uh, and, and Linda had become one of my, oh my God, just stunning. You know, you're almost like, how could she be a Bob? She's so good, you know, she's so young and good, stunning. The hug. Oh, we do get them together. Thank God. I was hoping we would. And then the hug with Haley Steinfeld. I know Linda Cardellini never got as fam famous as Haley. That's maybe a travesty. It seems like she wouldn't have the potential. And now that she, they're making her a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, it's very possible she's now joining the MCU as a fighter, you know, taking the mantle from, you know, uh, Sharon Carter or, or, or Haley Atwell's uh, Peggy Carter. And they get a moment here together, bookend, now bookending both Endgame and Ultron. And, okay, so apparently uh, uh, Bobby, um, I only watched three or four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was better than it should have been, but got old quickly. Um, uh, but Bobby uh, clearly as, um, uh, what's her name? As Agent 19, not Nightingale, what the fuck's her name? Um, anyways, uh, uh, the woman who played Bobby on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Adrian Palicki, was fabulous. And, and her and Lance entering that series in season two or three is what made it all oh, right, this is the best. Um, it was a highlight with those two coming in. Now, Agent 19 is Lara Barton, a.k.a. Linda Cardellini, and they show her again. This is great. So I actually thought this was one thing, and then it was the other, the very end here. And I'm going to actually do a hard out because uh, I, I want to get this out quickly. I already did an intro, and I'm going to do an outro um, separately, maybe with Simi or, one, or, or Dietz or one of my friends to talk about the show. They burn this. They're burning the past. Um, and it's just the two of them. Obviously, Laura knows everything. She doesn't need to be here. And this bit coming up is so predictable. Should I say a few words? Or, mm, yeah, he says, okay, if you want. No, she's turning back the joking right on him. The joking when you think it's not coming. Can I see something? Yeah. Wait, does she start already? What do you think of Lady Hawk? So she gives all these bad names. He says no. And the very last line by him is, I have an idea. What does he say? And I thought I have an idea was hinting. Like, you know, Cap says Avengers, but doesn't it say Avengers Assemble at the Age of Ultron? He doesn't say it. Lady Arrow, no. None of these. Okay, fine. He says, you know what? What? I actually have an idea. Okay, there it is, folks. And you can enjoy the Rogers musical after this if you want. Thank you so much for joining me. I thought what he was going to not say, but hint at was that she's just Kate Bishop. You know, and in the series, you know, uh, just like Jean Grey. I mean, Jean Grey can become the Phoenix, but there, you know, there are numerous characters in the Marvel Universe who are just their names. Um, and Kate Bishop is one of them. But she also becomes the all-new Hawkeye, um, as written by Matt Fraction and going forward, starting, I don't know, 10 years ago or whenever it was. So I think what he's actually saying is, let's put it this way, off screen, right after we just saw, I think the next thing he's going to say to her is, how about Hawkeye? 
like officially saying you're the new Hawkeye. I'm still Clint Barton and I can still help and show up in series. I didn't finish some trains of thought. I didn't finish a lot of trains of thought there. Thanks for sticking with me guys. I was so super excited to do this. Um, but it's just so overwhelming with everything we've seen and everything that's happened to get to this point. Thank you so much. I think he's, I think off screen and we're going to find out is that she's just going to take the name Hawkeye. Now I don't know if Elena is going to take the name Black Widow because uh, you know, um, let's put it this way. Scarlett Johansson's character, Natasha, took the name Black Widow to sort of reclaim it from her horrible past, but then we find out it was called the Black Widow Program, um, and so you would think after all the trauma of Yelena getting out of the Black Widow Program and then getting other women out of it and, and everything, losing her sister, that she wouldn't want to take it, but she might also want to reclaim it as a tribute to her sister. And as I was saying before, now we've got Black Widow and Hawkeye of the next generation women uh, uh, being being buddies and we'll, with a different dynamic, but actually not that different. Um, it's like Budapest all over again. You and I remember Budapest very differently. I mean, probably the, the, the most, uh, here comes the play. I'm actually shutting off my, my feed so you can enjoy it if you want. Um, in, in movie history, there are very few lines because he's been mind controlled the whole time. You know, so all we see is at the beginning, Coulson calls Natasha in as she's being quote unquote tortured by the Russians, even though they're so stupid and she doesn't exactly what she wants. I'm working, Coulson. Um, when, when he says Coulson's been, or he's, Coulson says Barton's been um, compromised, you could see her face change immediately and being like, I'll be right there. And, and, and go, even recruit the Hulk, or whatever she says, to recruit the Hulk. No, you got the, no, I got Stark. You got the big guy. Um, and, uh, and then at the end, them fighting together in the streets of New York. I, I mean, just the, this, it's like Budapest all over again. You and I remember Budapest very differently. We've never actually gotten Budapest, but who cares? I mean, the amount of world building that does, and that's all to the characters. I hope, like, after, um, let's put it this way. I thought after Avengers Age of Ultron, people would appreciate Renner more. Um, but they didn't apparently connect to how important the family stuff was. But then Endgame really brought people to, to uh, the Renner camp uh, a lot more or at least more people to the camp of liking or loving Renner and Clint Martin's subtle um, but powerful performances, um, even though they're few and far apart, um, but also... Um uh, you know, that, that this is, I hope, the final, whatever the positive way of saying nail in the coffin is, I hope this is the final proof of, of what a great, subtle actor he is. When you give him the material, but more so, give him the people around, put the people around him, you know, I mean, the three main examples at this point, are two are with Elizabeth Olsen in Wind River and the Avengers movies, and now with, with Kate. Um, but because, you know, they can actually relate a lot more I mean, ground level, um, and actually have more similar personalities than it seems on the surface, uh, and that Kate really does need a father figure. Um, at least Wanda has vision for a while um, as sort of a brother or become lover type thing um, until she has to kill him twice or whatever with the mind gem. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, if after the scene with him talking to Dead Natasha at the memorial and then everything we've seen in the last couple episodes with him trying to get Kate away to save her and the crying and his eyes and the speech, um, the are you ready speech, and then, of course, at the end with Elena, if you're still not bought into Renner as an actor and or Clint Barton as a character, and then you bring the family stuff in, which pays off so much from the family stuff from Ultron, um, and I always wanted to see more of, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Um, but the important thing is that we've got Elena um, and Kate Bishop in, in, the, um, uh, in the MCU. Uh, and the final word, just to jump back to what I was saying was, I think what he was going to say was just take the name Hawkeye. Uh, but it's possible that he's going to say, let's bury the name Hawkeye. You're just Kate Bishop. Like, you know, I mean, they, throughout the series, like everyone's calling her Kate Bishop. It's not just the joke with Elena where she says Kate Bishop over and over again. 
Yelena says, you know, uh, Kate says, are you using my full name to just intimidate that you know me? Yelena says, yes, but it's also a joke about, you know, the foreigner thing, using the full name uh, with the cultural differences. But other people are also saying Kate Bishop the whole time, not just Kate or Ms. Bishop or whatever. So I kind of hope she doesn't take on the name Hawkeye at first and is just Kate Bishop um, because, you know, she's now the most earnest character. She's the most, you know, wear it on my sleeve after Steve Rogers now. Um, and she's going to do way less, obviously, than the capsicle and everything that Cap's been through and so forth. World War II, et cetera, et cetera, coming out of the ice. Um, but in terms of wearing emotions and morality on the sleeve is Kate Bishop. Um, uh, you know, Captain America is always Cap, um, but, you know, that's just a, a nod to, to his, his skills, his, uh, his role as leader that they all accept by the end of the first Avengers, everything he went to as a hero in World War II, etc. Um, but for now, at least, we don't need to call her Cap because we have a Cap in Anthony Mackie, which is great, and hopefully um, starting to pass the baton in Avengers 4, which we think uh, Haley's going to be in. I'd be shocked if she wasn't. Um, but... Uh, uh, I kind of would like if they just she's just Kate Bishop the way Jean Grey is just Jean Grey but we'll have to see so okay thank you so much for joining me um, uh, I uh, I don't know if you watched through the, the Rogers musical or whatever if you did it's super fun like I said I was I after seeing it I was disappointed for a second um, that there wasn't a tease of something coming forward, but there's after having so many great Marvel shows this year, and boy, did Marvel leap past uh, Mar um, Star Wars for me this year, and I haven't seen Shang-Chi, I haven't seen Eternals, I haven't even seen Loki, um, but just between Wanda, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and this, it really jumped past a Marvel for me, and now with Boba Fett, I mean Star Wars, I really don't care about Boba Fett, a great year, um, why not just end the Christmas story, which is a family-friendly, you know, feel-good, but not cheesy uh, story of Kate and, and Clint, why not just end it? on a bunch of um, family, uh, almost fourth wall breaking fun in, in the, the, this Rogers play. I thought it was a great choice. Um, but uh, I, I got, look, I mean, I was beating the drum for this for a very long time. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because uh, well, I just watched The Witcher finally recently, binged it and really liked it. Um, and uh, I've been watching The Expanse, you know, which is uh, still running its final season, season six. You know, Expanse really is, is making me realize how much I like books more than shows, even when they're good, shows like The Expanse, or even when they're borderline great shows like The Witcher, um, it's never going to replace the book. So getting these original stories, I know they're in the comics, but you know, you do things from comics on the big screen, you know, bring it to such a different, a higher level of complexity and depth and so forth, and they're really able to do it. I mean, we, we got inside the minds of, of, um, uh, of, uh, of Bucky, Sam, Wanda, and, and Kate um, with, with these miniseries in ways we never get in the movie because we don't have time. There's so many characters. They're so plot-heavy and action-heavy. Um, and I'm thrilled that both uh, Marvel and Star Wars are, are embracing the TV format. Even though I struggle to watch TV shows, as you can see by not seeing Loki, even though I love Tom Hiddleston, I will watch it soon. And of course, with watching Chi and rewatch Black Widow and so forth, um, they're really able to get into the minds of these young characters so that when we get the Avengers teams up, good team-ups going forward. Um, and so my final thought, with some version of Wanda, Tatiana Maslany as she Ms. Marvel, Kate Bishop here as, uh, as the new Hawkeye or whatever, and, and that we still can have the big, huge, fun um, uh, Avengers full of drama, comedy, and, and, and ginormous action uh, that we're used to, but we've already had um, with younger actors and actresses um, than the first wave for the most part. They're all younger than the original six. Um, uh, uh, 
I mean, certainly, um, uh, I guess Tatiana's in her 30s, uh, uh, a little bit older than you might think. Lizzie Olsen is maybe around 30, 31, um, but she's relatively new, um, having started acting like Haley's obviously only 24, 25 uh, when this is happening. So not only are they younger, so we're getting them uh, during the early part of their prime and into their main prime, hopefully for a long time, but we're going to get to see them uh, perform knowing their backstories already. We don't need to do a lot of origin. This is what I'm trying to get to is this does origin stuff better and is also going to make uh, doing origin too much origin stuff in the movies not necessary. So we can get right into the action and right into the plot, which is going to get increasingly um, more complicated because we're going to have good guys, maybe Doctor Strange, maybe Wanda, maybe others who you know are maybe not such good guys. Um, uh, for a lot of different reasons, which is a lot different than having the big evil baddie like Thanos or, or Ronan um, or, or even Loki with the Chitauri and so forth. So thank you so much for joining me. About to hit the 60-minute mark here, and that's even with the intro. Um, absolutely love doing this. Uh, look um, forward uh, to some sort of uh, Bizzlecast wrap-up for Hawkeye and maybe for uh, um, the uh, Marvel shows in general um, this first year when they nailed it. Um, even, again, even though I didn't see it, like Loki, it seemed like people really enjoyed. So really appreciate you guys uh, supporting me. Um, hopefully have the full relaunch of the Bizzlecast with some other projects um, very soon. I recorded this uh, early afternoon of December 31st and I'm hoping to release it. Uh, hoping um, you're listening to it um, well, whenever you get around to it, but I'm hoping to release it today. So have a little New Year's um, present, uh, at least for myself, um, to put, close the book on a, a, a very early prediction about Haley and then that, that had to happen with the Hawkeye show and then having, you know, somehow being patient through it all and actually, you know, I mean, the only thing I can compare it to is getting Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Um, but to me, that was so obvious um, of, of a move, whereas if the negotiations didn't work out with Haley a couple years ago, there are other actresses that could have done a good job, not nearly as good, but could have done a good job. Uh, it was clear uh, Rosario had to be Ahsoka, and we still have to see the Ahsoka show and some of the Star Wars shows going forward before I'm convinced that that franchise has a lot of legs. This one is clearly getting into phases four, five, and six much more quickly, um, but also more deeply and profoundly than I thought uh, through using the Disney Plus format with these younger uh, actresses to do so um, and getting what I want like I said to all the back to the beginning getting Haley Steinfeld in the purple and black doing the bow and arrow with, side by side with Hawkeye He's one of my favorites uh, two Academy Award nominees um, great actors and Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld so kudos to them kudos to the great side um, characters and, and supporting cast directors producers writers I, I know I kind of uh, poo-pooed the writing a little bit as being overly simplistic or not making sense, but again, it's sort of what I wanted. Um, uh, not that I w want shoddy writing, and this certainly wasn't shoddy, but I wanted to be able to focus on the characters, um, and by putting it all on their backs and not focusing too much on crazy plot twists uh, was the way to go. Um, and of course, the huge production team that had to do this all wearing masks and during COVID, and I know this was very tough to get six big-budget Hawkeye episodes from New York done and out. Um, and, you know, I know it took a year since, since rolling the, the film, and part of it was just the release schedule. They wanted this to be the Christmas thing to end the first full year of Marvel Studios on Disney+. Plus. Nevertheless, very hard during COVID. Props to everyone going up to Kevin Feige at the top. You did great, and I can't wait for more. Really can't wait for Tatiana as She-Hulk, and I hope we get Jessica Jones back as well. Um, so uh, thank you one last time. Um, hope you enjoyed the commentaries. Uh, you guys have been amazing. Uh, I have been the Bizzle. May the Force be with you, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.